0: The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See McDonalds.com Previously on Homestale Radio.
4: <laughs> we, we walked onto the pitch, right? And we saw Arsenal. They was it was like when you walk into the bedroom and you're rubbing the lube into your hands and you're ready to... <laughs> and they 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 bent us over and somehow didn't find penetration it was amazing it wouldn't be my most lucrative follower in terms of followers because Lebron James follows me have
2: some of that what
1: what (laughs) the Lebron James
2: yeah yeah big palestine isn't
1: (laughs) He did say they happened to him last year. He took a while to get into the thing. I think that's it. That's the main thing is he's just not match fit. I'm not sure well, if he wants all, to leave. With all due respect, we just
2: bought a winger. Get him on. He's fit. He's pretty
1: not fit. <laughs> he played today 921 game. Mister the perry kick. I mean, he's not match fit either. I mean, <laughs> that's what it comes down to. You've got to be match fit, not just physically fit.
2: For all our contact information and to send us an email,
1: visit h-o-l radio.net forward slash
0: contact. Hello and welcome to Homesdale Radio. I am Chris Hambling and I'll be guiding you through our review of Palace's last seven days. Why did I say it like that? Anyway, the review will be dominated by an analysis of yesterday's 2-1 victory over Aston Villa at Sellers Park. Goals from Scott Dan and debutant Bakari Sacco uh, grabbing the goals. I've written this badly. Either side of Papa Suarez's unfortunate own goal for the Eagles to take the points. Joining me tonight to analyse and debate are Jell Holyoke. Hello. Hello, Jell. Patrick O'Connor. Hello. Uh, I need to say good day to you. That's just the wrong thing, isn't it? <laughs> yes, it is. Apparently. Good afternoon. Would have been good, okay. Yeah, good afternoon. Yeah, good afternoon, Patrick. Uh, good Barney afternoon. Fox. Good evening. Good evening. First appearance of the season for Barney and making her show debut. We have Lucy White. Hiya. Hello. Hi. Good <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Let's> start, Lucy. <laughs> That was, that was unfair um if you want to get in touch with the show today uh, head to holradio.net forward slash contact to see all the ways to get in touch and you can also get involved in the chat room at holradio.net forward slash chat there's no news in brief this week so we, we will be back after these messages Got something you'd like to get off your chest? Tweet us now. At Whole Radio. Are you depressed or angered by the Selhurst banner restrictions? Our Sky can remember carelessly positioning themselves in the middle of your displays. Then join us in the celebration of all things banner-related, as Barry Bannon hosts a special banner band Bonanza at South Norwood Recreation Ground. We, Barry, will be joined by former Aston Villa striker Bosco Balaban, who is passionately against banner-bans. Please note, Bosco Balaban has a morbid fear of bananas, so there will be a banana ban on the day of the Banner-Ban Bonanza. Whilst there is no Banner-Ban, there is a ban on banana-banners. So join the fun this Saturday at midday for Barry Bannon's Banner-Ban Bonanza with Bosco Balaban. Remember, bring banners, but no bananas or bananas. Why not air your own opinion with the team? Call 0208 1234 098 and join us live. There we go, there we go, there we go, there we go. Let's stop that now. There's a. You might have just heard an outro playing, we couldn't hear it. There is a reason for all of this. I am currently having to produce and present at the same time. Unfortunately, Tav uh, couldn't produce like he was supposed to today. Mikey is selfishly working and Tom is the worst of all. He's on holiday on a boat getting drunk. Uh, anyway, yeah, I hope, uh, hope you enjoyed the start of the show as much as I did. <laughs> uh, anyway, so um, let's get straight into the Villa Review, ladies and gentlemen. I have to say, ladies now, isn't that a great thing, Lucy? Isn't it good for equality, don't you think?
3: Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Is that Good all you're going
3: gonna...
0: to... That... girl power. Oh, wait, come on. You've just said girl power. Sorry. <laughs> I... Well,
3: the I, Spice the Girls think... are getting back together.
0: Well, that is... <laughs> that, that should have been in. Use it brief. Gutted. <laughs> um, so, anyway, obviously, it was a 2-1 victory against Villa. And um, let's, let's start, really, with the changes from the Arsenal game. Obviously, Balassi, due to a family incident, um, obviously had to go out... Um, out to the DR Congo and uh, a future passing of his uh, stepfather, I believe. And um, so uh, Bakari Sako came in for him and Glenn Murray came in for Wickham, who was absent. I don't honestly know if he was there at all. I don't know if there's been any talk of him being injured or anything like that. But uh, yeah, It was, Chris. Oh, yeah, go on.
1: I heard before that um, Wickham got injured in training, so that's why um, uh, Murray had to start i would say that's
0: something of a relief from from my perspective. Uh, I've seen Dwight Gale was on the bench and I did hear a whisper that he'd um tried to build some bridges over the course of the week and um maybe that's the reason he got his uh, got his chance off the bench. Um so yeah, I mean it look, it was a, it was a win at the end, you know, three points very very important to get some home wins and um it could have been very very different obviously. Um it was pretty much a you know, very slow start to the game. I think uh, the first first main incident, and it was highlighted on goals on Sunday. Um, the wolf got a little shove and, and went to the ground. Went to ground, perhaps a little bit too easy. But I mean, looking at the time, I was surprised he didn't actually, um, you know, didn't actually go out and claim for a penalty. Do you know the incident I'm talking about, Joel? Uh, <laughs> so,
2: yeah, so. but it was yeah. No. sorry, I'm having a little. might have a little bit of trouble with my with my laptop tonight. Um, oh. But Anyway, um, yeah, No, the thing is, Wolf used to go over all, go over quite easily and he'd moan all the time, and, and you find that since he's actually come back to us as a palace player, not a, on a lone player, you know he, he doesn't seem to, to complain a lot about getting kicked. I think it's just such a natural occurrence. His feet are so quick, he gets kicked all the time, and he would just be you know, if he appealed for everything, he'd be moaning all the time. So it, we, we don't get after free kicks that we should get um
0: especially from him yeah no, i think that's a fair a fair point and it's, it's in a way it's probably you know it's nice to see he doesn't moan as as, as much as perhaps he used to and, and you know sort of wave his arms around but i think the reason i'm bringing this up is because i'm coming to a point where you know there's suggestions that that will murray had a falling out half time and that's actually why they went off but we'll, we'll come to that in a bit um i could get you talking early on lucy um Obviously, that, we'll talk about the first incident there, we'll talk about Wilf appealing for a penalty. The next main incident was um, Gabrielle O'Bonnell getting in one on one with Alex McCarthy. Uh, do you think it was a bad finish or a good save?
3: Um,
5: well,
3: both. it's. <laughs> reading the write ups today um, and obviously being at the game, it, it went off the post. So, but. Um, I don't know. I think McCarthy's kind of coming into himself a little bit. He's he made some really good saves yesterday. That that one in particular. Mm. Um, I just think he needs a little bit more time. I think Pardew's willing to give him that time. And I think yesterday um, he he showed what he's all about, really.
0: Yeah, it did. Yeah, he's he's certainly turning into uh, well. He's he's started his Palace career very, very well, I think. Um, Patrick, cool.
1: Yeah, I think it was a very poor finish, to be honest. Um, I'm really glad Penteke is in Liverpool, because last year, as we remember, he actually would have scored that chance. Um, the late run, Pellano had a similar chance, and also he kind of scuffed the chance to cross it. So I think we were very fortunate early in that match that Villa just didn't have that little cutting edge. Um, and again, as Lucy said, I think McCarthy's coming into his own and playing very, very well. The second or third match in a row, he's playing really well. Um, mm-hmm. He made some great saves again yesterday. I think he's starting to really... Take the show from my from Jules, which is going to upset me, but I'll, well, I'll get over it. That's a
0: transition that's, that's going to happen at some point. But do you think that time is is now?
1: Um, I'm, obviously, I'm hoping not because how of much I of, of much of respect and how uh, much I like Jules. But I think that based on the performances so far this year, it seems that I was at, like for instance, yesterday at, when I was at the football Factory with the New York Eagles, we were talking about how. McCarthy's just more commanding in the box, especially like on corners. I mean, we all know how our biggest thing with Jules, he's a very good shot stopper, but he's not great on crosses. And McCarthy on crosses has been very, very impressive, I've got to admit. He's obviously taller than Jules. And I think that gives him a of confidence about the team that we really haven't seen in the past. And I think that might be the reason why Jules is going to have a hard time getting back in the lineup.
0: Mm. Do you agree with that, Barney? Do you think Speroni's going to struggle get back in? Um,
1: <clears throat> well,
4: I think
0: they are the, the two different
4: types of keepers I mean I have to admit Jules comes with experience um, personally I think with goalkeepers is is absolutely key you know in in tough situations or tough games they can almost lead it from the back a little bit McCarthy got that well we haven't seen that yet but he seems to have picked up a hell of a lot of confidence in the beginning of the season and I think that was a great save yesterday number of great saves yesterday the Arsenal game he was fantastic really good shot stopper I think he's just putting putting it all out there he's actually having a right go at it and he's got nothing to lose. And I quite like that. He's just throwing it all out there. So I think, you know, out of respect, I hope Jules is certainly given, given a fair chance to get back in the squad, but it has to be on merit. And at the end of the day, if McCarthy's a better goalkeeper or proves to fit into the team a lot better. You know, same thing happened when, you know, Yedinac fell out the squad. Um, you know, it's all about, is it working with the team and if it's found out that McCarthy's actually you know, McCarthy's are, you know is fitting better with the squad than the team well so be it I'm afraid
0: mm, I, I'm, I'm a bit torn on it obviously I, I really do like uh, McCarthy as a goalkeeper um, but I think he's, he's under pressure when he's, his confidence is rattled we've noticed him really struggle with distribution uh, Lucy you've got something to say there?
3: Yeah I was going to say I think also he's taken to the club really quickly um, you've just got to look at his his Twitter account. He's tweeting, um, "What a great atmosphere it is." Um, you know, he was very um, disappointed at the Arsenal game not to have got a point from that. And yet, I think it was it was asked after the game yesterday. He tweeted like, "Fantastic three points," and an Instagram picture. And I think that's what draws the fans in: the mm-hmm. fact that they can recognise that a player respects the fans and you know loves the club as much as they do. And I think it's only going to be a matter of time before he, you know, he does become as loved as, you know, X, Y and Z of the players.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a really good observation because, you know, obviously, you know, social media is there for a, for a reason and, and he's using it well. He's using it, he's, you know, he's he's interacting with fans and it does make that transition because someone's got to take over from a from an absolute club legend. And that's not going to be easy. And we all thought they'd be on a hiding to nothing. But if McCarthy keeps that going, and also keeps that interaction going, you're right. It's a good. It's a really good point, Joe On that. On
2: that. It? Yeah, just on the on the uh, social media point, um, Jordan Much. You know, I, I, I follow a, a little bit of what he says. Um, but he just gets unbelievable stick. Sure. I mean, I can't believe on Twitter sure. yesterday he was getting slated. and, yeah. it, and he literally, along with Gail. Changed the impetus and completely changed the attitude, the attacking attitude, and the crap he was getting after was just like seriously. Like I've said this before, we used to have thirteen to fifteen thousand fans every week. There's eight thousand plastics of invaders. Our entire club, right the way through from social media to our websites, I'm putting bullshit on there all
0: the time. It starts to really annoy me. <laughs> no, it's fair play. You talked about Homestay earlier, uh, and, and you find it very difficult being on Palace talking. On Homestead on there, and obviously the BBS gets it, gets it as well. Um, yeah, there, there are certainly a lot of that is down to to new people. And uh, do you know what? Like, there's a huge debate on it on the BBS every day. There was a, uh, a like, I think he was a, an American Bayern Munich fan who said he You know, he posted a thing saying he'd found a home at Celeste and he was basically told to do one by plenty of people. <laughs> like, hold, hold on a second, do you know what I mean? We actually do want new fans, and everyone's yeah, got a different exactly. story about how they became a Palace fan. Not everyone's come through it through their family you know it's I didn't right. you know no one in my family supports Palace other than me so you know I made the choice be, because I, I just found I just thought there was I found an affinity with Crystal Palace who do That's they support in, though they're not massively into football like my dad sort of supported Spurs but wasn't really into football mm. so I just got into football as, as a young lad and you know Palace became my team because they're fairly nearby to where I live and it's you know it's just that kind of a thing but everyone has a different route it doesn't have to be and I I just saw the comments and it was like, you, I don't you know we don't want a Bayern Munich supporting American at Palace and it's like it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Who, are you, who are you speaking for? Because <laughs> you know because that's not. It's, oh, it just drives me insane. I, I know you wanted to make a point on that as well, Lucy. And
3: yeah, I was just gonna say um, after the game and um, we'd been out, Chris, yesterday.
0: Yeah.
3: um, I was on the train home. Well, I wasn't to Northampton, but I was on the train with the the Windsor brothers and um, next to us there were some um, Aussie fans, uh, Aussie lads, sorry, um, who'd been to the Palace game and um, one of them like said, oh, um, do you know what, he's actually an Arsenal fan and I was like, oh right, okay, but you were at the game today and he said, yeah, yeah, I I really love the Palace and he uh, he was singing one of the Palace songs and I said, hang on a minute, you're an Arsenal fan you were at the game last week, and you're at the Villa game this week. So does that mean you bought a bundle on a membership? And he was just like, uh, 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 and all his mates are going, "Oh, you've called him out! You've called him out!" Going, you know, it's, it's people like that that really, really get on my nerves.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 I mean, it's all and it's all very well. Yeah, it's all very well him saying, "Oh, I enjoyed the day out. I love the Palace and all this kind of stuff." But that's not someone who's going to be a Palace fan, is it? That's someone who's just. You know, taking the piss. And... Well, yeah, he's probably not going to
3: be at the games for the rest of the season, is he? No,
0: exactly. No. Um, <laughs> I'm just trying to work out. Uh, Patrick, you wanted to say something at some point. So did you, Joe. I don't know if you've said your things.
1: No, my only point was um, McCarthy's going to work on his own goals. That's terrible. He's going to mm. do a better job of stopping Suárez and uh, McArthur. Well, actually, sorry. Delaney from scoring against him, but obviously... That's well, you bring point. that
0: you bring that up now, and I've got no problem jumping ahead to that actually because um, I saw a little bit of criticism of, of McCarthy, and I do want to come back to the, this what Joe was talking about about Jordan much as well. Um, but it's wrong-footed, basically. <laughs> you know, it happened. It happened the same for the, the Giroud goal as well. He was wrong-footed yeah. then, and I think that's just something that happens to a goalkeeper when something unexpected happens. You could argue he's got to anticipate that touch, but. Can he really anticipate that touch the way it happened? I, I'm not sure. No,
1: because think... to be just to be clear, I'm being sarcastic. obviously. there's no way he's supposed <laughs> to save that sware. I mean, there's no <laughs> way you can expect the man to. I mean, one thing that 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 kid is amazingly quick. To, who got past both Punchin and, and sware. And, and that that ball that he put in was a, was a great low ball. Obviously, it's no way McCarthy can save that ball. No, so I'm, obviously I'm being sarcastic about that. So, just so that you know,
0: your sarcasm was that good that I didn't. even... Yeah, you
1: me. didn't pick up on it. I'm sorry about that. Wish you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Joe, did you have
2: a point or did you make it? I couldn't remember. No, I'd, I'd already made it. I was just okay. asking um, uh, the, the chat room It's uh, homesdale dot net um, cool. forward slash. slash yeah, I was, I was just don't take my right. Um, <laughs> a lot of people have come and said that you just you just everyone's keep like keyboard warriors on there on there, uh, and, and they wouldn't say a lot of the stuff they say to you over the internet to your face. But I mean, it's just pretty standard anyway. I think. Um, and someone else is telling me saying uh me sound interested jill but i am you know what it is i'm hungry
0: (laughs) have you not got your dinner yet not yet it's on his way on his way so Joe will have a quiet period in the show and then he'll suddenly be talking with his mouth full so um yeah i've just realized that sounded very suspicious but i'm going to move on from that um Joe, we got you made the point about jordan much um so i want to i'll talk about that now as well He, he took a lot of stick as you said um but you're right you're absolutely right he did change the the course of the game when he came off the bench because he I mean he was asked to do something a little bit different really wasn't he because he sort of came on for Murray but he didn't that front three then started sort of this rotation thing where sometimes Sacco was central sometimes Gale was central and sometimes Much was central and they kind of rotated around the front there and it, and but but the whole point of it as Parjy said was to to get down the side and uh, you know a couple of the best moves came from Much getting down the side there what do
2: you reckon then, Joe? Uh, yeah, so I was just reading some. Um, yeah, without a doubt. I'm, I mean, he, he's, he's enthusiastic. I think it, I think the um, the new club scenario thing has worn off. Where he, you know everyone knows he's, he's very much a um, he plays on his uppers. You know, when he's up, he's he's good, and and when he's you know when he's not involved or or unhappy, then he's you know it showed quite a lot last year, but. I mean, he just you can see you can see exactly why we bought him, and also for his size as well. We're saying earlier on, you know, he's a he's a big lad, and it's 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 a sign of things to come. I think for for most of our our team to be to be big, but yeah, I, I mean, I I really like him, and I think he takes a a huge amount of unfair stick. But in saying that, you know, within the club, every, there's always got to be someone that people need a cane, and they just jump on the bandwagon. Um, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure well, he Cam- not
0: say it his face. No, exactly. Campbell gets it as well, doesn't he? And, yeah, as, as Lucy's just pointed out in our chat there, Damo as well uh, gets it for, for long balls from the back and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Barney, you've got some views on this? Yeah, I just thought it was a real changing point of the game, actually. I think after half-time, you know, it was one of
4: those days yesterday where I think if it was a year ago, we could have lost that game quite easily because I think heads would have dropped. And I think the way that we played would have meant that we'd gone in and maybe lost 3-1 that game. But when this, when Gailey and Much came on and, and that sort of link-up play between the three of them happened, I loved it. It was fantastic. It was just a whole new dynamic to what we. I I'd never sort of really witnessed that too much before, and I just thought it really took it to Villa. And the way that Much was all you know, like Jelce, he's a big lad, and they were a bunch of bully boys in the first half, Villa. There's no doubt about that. And he just he just stuck it right back to them. Gailey was a bit quick for him, got him on the back foot a little bit. And you know, so with Sacco, it, they just pushed him a little bit and Punchy got involved with it a little bit and there was some lovely sort of triangle play between between the three of them and you know, Punchy, like I said, was coming in. And I just thought it, it really you know, it, it, it really messed with Villa a little bit and I think, you know, Gail and Match really like I think Joe was saying at the beginning of the show or at the or certainly before the show, um, it really made a, a massive difference. Gailey made a massive difference as well. Mm.
0: Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely spot on there. We were just observing you, so gaily and Punchy. Thanks, Paul. Oh, sorry, sorry, that's I sorry, sorry, that's what
4: I do now. Sorry, that's what I do now.
0: If you call me Jelly, I ain't
4: going to be happy. Damn it. <laughs> <me. not> <laughs> so, I was going to say that for you at the end of the show. I didn't want to sort of do it all in one. So, um, <laughs> no, but
1: You so can't say, say Lucy. Lucy's fine. Yeah, But, yeah, but
0: no, does anybody just... notice I brought my bottle of water with me today? I'm a bit uh, no that. one, no one at home can see that, Barney. So, oh, right. okay, what nice. you've done there is exactly what Nick does every week. and Refers to something <laughs> no one knows. <laughs> well, so well done. You're filling I, in I,
4: very well. I thought someone might refer to it on the camera. I've see any reason I put it on, but you've all totally missed it. Oh well. Come Can, never
2: can mind. we? Can we just? I've just a Biff in the in the chat room. He said, "What was the formation in the first half? Because it looks amiss, and that basically was what we were all, you know, yeah. it just looked yeah. like." I agree it it, it, look, it did look a mess
0: explain it's, it's my next yeah it's my next talking point to be honest with you and because um, um, I mean we, we're going back to the first half obviously we talk about all this movement in the second half and what the changes did but the reason for those changes and from a tactical perspective well you know Villa first of all they they did as, as part of said they did put spring a bit of a surprise because although usually a Bon Lahore's out wide left and um you know, but but he drifted in and was almost alongside Gestead for quite a lot of that, that first period, sort of playing very central and Palace sort of tried to respond with this um four four two diamond formation because obviously Wilf came off the wing very early on and went up alongside Murray. Uh, and then you had sort of Sacco floating around in the middle at the point of this diamond, and then the the other three were just sort of, you know, trying to, trying to be a midfield three, but we we suddenly had no width. And and that's where we struggled. We didn't. We couldn't put any play together because there was there wasn't the width that we usually see. And it was only when Wilf peeled off into the channels on the left hand side um, that that we we kind of got any joy. And it was it was very hard to watch that first half. It really was. Um, so I mean, I thought I thought that you've got to give credit to the opposition for a bit of that though because they they sat there. They had um, the three, their three in midfield. Sanchez uh Westwood and uh Idris as well. Um they're all kind of defensive screening kind of midfielders and they you know they 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 just sat there and soaked up pressure but they also could always had one that would break. And I think they did they did a really good job on us in that first half and we were a little bit lucky in a lot of ways. Um so that's why I thought of it. That's why I thought we were a mess. Um Patrick any views on that tactically?
1: Yeah. I'm starting to look, get a little concerned about Paul Um I, I, I mentioned before about you know how he's come in, and I understand the need to possess the ball more because that's what Premier League has become. But I'm worried about we're not using, we're not playing to our strengths. Not just the counter-attacking part, but the wingers. I've just noticed that when Balassi and Zaha have played, and then yesterday with even with Sacco, though again like you sick of, we've lost our width. The diamond works, but um, it only works if you have the overlapping fullbacks. And, and yesterday, I didn't feel that Ward and um, so why we're really attacking a lot. And again, it has a lot to do with someone just mentioned in the chat about the back five that Aston Villa play. But I'm really concerned about, you know, we're losing our impetus as, a, as an attacking team. Not using Balassi, well it's really not Balassi. it's really Zaha and I guess now Sacco as those wide players. And with with Kabai and the way Kabay and MacArthur are playing and the way Punchin's playing, I think we really need to we need to take a look at maybe getting a defensive midfielder back in our game and then pushing those guys out wider because I just don't see how we're gonna create a lot of goals. Look at how the season starts so far. We haven't got one goal from a forward yet. Yeah. You know, what goes to come from midfield and defenders, and that's and a lot of set pieces too. And that's a concern for me. Like we're not, we're not getting Wickham involved. You know, in last week's game, we didn't get Murray involved last yesterday, and we didn't, we didn't get um, Murray involved in that first game. And it's going to be a problem going forward to me if we continue to play the way we're trying to play, unless he's uh, unless he's experimenting and trying to figure out what he really wants to do. And that's going to be tough to watch. And it was a really bit tough to watch yesterday.
0: Yeah, you know, you're absolutely right. And we, you know, we, <laughs> we always talk about this you know, the fact that we've got these two fast wingers, I did a little, uh, little chat on absolute radio sort of after, after the game. And all that they wanted to talk about was the pace out wide. And I was thinking you know, clearly you haven't seen the game because we, (laughs) we actually forgot to, forgot (laughs) to use that strength. And I think, you know, you can try and be a bit too clever And in some ways. I think, you know, we tried to spring a surprise on them and they, they kind of got there first. And, um, uh, we've got a couple of views on this. I know Barney, you want to chip in and, and then gel. So Barney, Barney first.
4: Um, the only thing I was going to say, Patrick, really is I, I think that's a, a plus to Palace's game this season is I think perhaps he looked at Villa and actually we couldn't play them the same way as what we played Arsenal, whereas I think last season we would have kind of gone out with the same attitude and the same sort of setup, no matter what the team. And I think that's a great positive with Pardew is that he can look at different teams and set Palace up in a different way, which is, which is fantastic because it's ultimately going to get us better results throughout the season. <laughs> I don't know whether you noticed that yesterday at all. I don't know if you caught the game or watched it back, but I felt we came out very differently to how we came out against Arsenal.
1: Barney, I agree with you, but this is the thing: he said in a couple of times earlier this season that he got it wrong. And uh, Chris uh, mentioned before about the, the the potential issue between Murray and Zaha. I think he got it wrong again yesterday. That's why he made the changes. You know what I mean? So I, I get what he's saying. I like the fact we can be a little bit more uh, fluid. But I think I think he's got it wrong of the first three matches, and I'm just concerned if we continue to get it wrong, we're going to get punished. That's. But I, I know what you're saying. Though with the score that we have, we're changing up every game, and I like that. But I think we. I think he might be outsmarting himself at, at some point. Like, yes, I would have loved to see the same lineup. We couldn't obviously because of, you know, Blasi's you know, father, etc., and Wickham. But uh, I thought yesterday's lineup. Would, yesterday's game was set up to play exactly the same way against Arsenal and, and give it another try. But again, I know what you're saying. Though I, I know oh, what you're saying. I, it does sorry. give us an advantage. I just way. want to
4: come back on that. I just want to come back on that Villa. Sure. When I was looking at it. Villa were, put, Villa were putting five at the back. Absolutely, I, when, I saw that too, right? When they're putting five at the back, I think the problem with going for it is what Villa are enticing you to do is they're saying, come at us, just keep coming at us, just keep coming at us. And right. I think I think my, my view on it was that Pardew actually said, no, well, hang on a minute, that's what they're going to come at, that's what they want us to do. So almost conceded it was going to be a boring first half, which it was. And then Villa almost had to come into the game to see if they could get something out of it. And then I think then it changed around with the substitutions at halftime. That, that was my, I suppose, different, a different view on it. I don't know. I don't know what everybody else thinks about that. Well,
0: that's, so, so that's one way of looking at it. I, I don't know. I, I see a kind of a pattern emerging of us. And I saw it last season as well. And I don't want to be overly critical here. But I, the pattern for me is we, we sort of we get away with the first half and then we do the right things at half time <laughs> to win the game. Yes.
5: Exactly. And that's
0: how I feel we're currently managing. And I think even Pardew sort of acknowledges it at times that, you know, we've kind of got away with it a bit and it's great. You, can, you know, and you know, it seems lucky, I suppose, in some ways, but the harder you work, the luckier you get and all that kind of stuff kind of applies. Joel, uh, have you still got the valid point? Otherwise Lucy can talk about
2: Yeah, me. no, I was just going to come in on that. They, they definitely played five, four, one and looked to and just looked for us to go after them. And when it didn't happen, that's when they sort of overrun us. Um, they over they overrun us, but I just I just wanted to go and to that point where we were saying about the midfield. I I saw a, a passage of play with Grealish and oh I can't remember one of their other central midfielders, and they there was two four of our players and two of theirs. They did a small interchange and took four of our players out. You know our whole complete midfield they took out. It was uh, yeah, very very strange.
0: Yeah, no, 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 you're absolutely right. It was, it was odd, but I don't know. I mean, going back to that that first half, I mean, we were talking earlier about McCarthy's save, and you mentioned Grealish there, um, and that that is that is kind of like that was the one other moment I thought that they were going to perhaps perhaps take the lead there. I don't even remember the save I'm I'm referring to. That the Grealish got down the left to sort of cut inside in the area, and then. Sort of almost smashed it top corner. It was a really good save from McCarthy. Um,
1: it was, yeah. But
0: but I wanted to spend a little moment. I know we don't tend to talk too much about the opposition, um, but Grealish is a uh, good player. Yeah, he's a good player, but he also epitomises so much wrong with the game. <laughs> it? It's not yeah. just the hair and the <laughs> attitude. It's it just it just falls over all the time. And we've we've had these arguments before. About um, you know, about it being part of the game and all that kind of stuff. I can remember Grealish's debut. Uh, I think or a very very early game he played when he played against us and all he did was was coming on the left wing and fall over all game.
5: <laughs>
0: and and he's still doing it. You know, he's been talked about as the future, one of the future players for England. Yes, he, he is. He just winds me up so much. <laughs> it's just if you've got ability, why throw yourself about? It's oh, it's so frustrating. Um. You know, but again, he was he was up against Joel Ward, and uh, Joel Ward is is another. You know, we talked about it last week, and he had another difficult game, in my view. And when, especially when you compare him with the opposite side, you look at Suárez in the game that he had. He was very good defensively. That one lapse where he had gone all the way up the pitch and was absolutely shattered and left punching at left back uh, against who seemed to be the quickest player in the world, in Admin triore when he came off the bench, but. You know, that was the sort of one area you could point at Suárez, But, you know, Ward did did a good, couple of good things going forward. But he really did seem to struggle again. And it's a bit of a concern for me. I don't know, you mentioned him earlier, Gerald. Have you got further views on Ward?
2: Yeah, his first touch has been appalling the last two or three weeks now. Um he, he hasn't got into his stride. I mean, like I said last week, he does something bad. You know, not something bad, but he does something poorly. And then does something brilliantly. Like, you know, he'll lose it. Give them an attack and go up the other end, and then he'll score like he did last week. He's um, I've, I felt a lot of our problems four or five times in that first half were to do with him. And I don't want to, I don't want to single him out because he a, you know, you can quite clearly see now that that people were trying to play us out our own game. As soon as they brought Adnan Traor, uh, Traorion, well, he didn't go anywhere else; did he? he? Just went down and down the side. But they, it seemed that they doubled up on the, on Wald and put us into all sorts of problems, yeah. um, especially with Grealish. He probably is, you know, he's one of the younger, more keen uh, members of their side. But he, you know, he looks to be a very good player. Um, and having him, hang, you know, when they were doubling up on him, he put Wald in all sorts and made him look a little bit. But he did. They were dragging him inside, and he wasn't getting yeah. a lot of help. And again, this is the second week in a row where. Had left and right back they weren't getting enough protection from in front of them
1: that's the key absolutely. i agree with you joe i noticed that too especially when we had that early formation i don't know what's going on on the right hand side Everybody's everybody's playing either left side or right or in the middle with it with the diamond there was no one award on side at all the entire time so he was caught a lot one on one and two v one so i can't kill him for that first half performance second half a little bit better but again first half he had no help at all none
0: um you know you're absolutely right and lucy you made the point that in the goal that we conceded, the um, you know you felt you felt obviously the protection for Suárez came from punching, uh, but you felt that was a bit lacking.
3: Yeah, like watching back on Match of the Day um, last night, we just said he just he just suddenly stops and he just runs off, and um, that's when the the goal happens. It just just like looked like Punch didn't really make an effort to try and get the ball, and yeah. I just thought that was where one of our problems was in the goal build up.
0: Yeah, no, it it was, it was, It's absolutely right. He walked he just walked past him, didn't he? Well, I say walked past him, sprinted past him at the end. And you know, that's Punchon's Punchin's not a great he's well, he shouldn't be a left back, should he? He shouldn't be a great should be left in a one on one defensive position like that, really. It, that it, was it, cool.
3: it, sorry, I was just gonna say it just made Punch look lazy. I mm. mean, uh, admittedly Traore was, was fast and Hard even said post match like, you know, he was the fastest person he'd seen, like, on the pitch and you know that you know
2: yeah, credit where credit's due, but I just felt the punch could have made a bit of an effort. And I love yeah, punch. But, and, <laughs> and, that's, and that's the thing, you know. That was it. it gives people like me that that, that do you know play or watch him, and I watched him nutmeg their left back yesterday and made him look stupid. And he plays some fantastic triangle play, which we have we don't see at Palace. You know, the right. three guys on the left hand side, the triangles they were playing were really good yesterday. But th- listen, I, I don't need loads of ammo to have a go at him. But when he when he ran past him, Ed Punch just kept running in a, in a in an angled line towards the goal to help defend. Fair enough, but he stopped. He literally stopped. And when the goal went in, he'd literally taken two paces in our in our own penalty area. You've yeah. got to you get paid loads of dough. You got you got you got to bust yourself. And, and that's the thing, and it's always been the Palace way. You can, we can get caned and get beaten, as we have done over the years, badly by some very, very good sides and by some bad sides. But as long as you're trying, <laughs> you will get our respect. When you're not trying, then you're going to get it.
1: But, uh, but Joe, in, in, in his defence, you do not think he was trying to stop that kid? The, kid, the, kid, the kid's The got Usain Bolt-type speed. And I, I, I think he tried. Him, he, he did, him, he did, I, I watched it. He, 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 he put a body on the kid. The kid ran right past him, though. I mean, he was—he the only way he him was he get a yellow or red card. He wasn't going to stop the kid. He was never going to stop the kid. The kid pushed push and run right past him.
2: I'm not—I'm not talking about you know that. I mean? about, just let's just say, for instance, that that right. the the, the ball hadn't have gone in, and it had okay. gone back to him. Punch should have just been—he'd have carried on going down that line. I'm not trying to pick him out. I'm just saying about right. I people you. don't okay. need loads
1: of ammo. He stopped running. Right. That's all. Excellent. And I love uh, I guess for them, but that. Definitely, but yeah. I just thought it was that was a very, very good play by that young man. I mean, the really thing was. is that, that that kid
2: by just doing that has probably
1: <clears> just <throat> just waxed him into the first team for the next game. Oh, absolutely! That's I guarantee he's starting the next six seven weeks. I agree. He he,
2: look, he just looks like a sub a, 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 a sub ten second hundred meters. Yeah, he's, he's it's a just nightmare. ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. if you think the
0: fast? That kid is yeah. absolutely like lightning. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, Lucy, they'll let you speak eventually. (laughs) Sorry.
3: (laughs) okay. I was just going to say, going back to a point Jell made about um, Pudge being out of position, when um, Much came on, um, he went over to the right, which brought Pudge back into the middle, and the whole thing just seemed so much better during that second half. Once once Much came on, it shifted, Saka went to the left, and it just... (coughs) It was a completely different game. It was literally, as you know, cliche as it is, a game of two halves. It was completely com- two completely different halves.
0: Presenters, uh, Jell's dinner has arrived. He hasn't. He's forgotten to. <laughs> mute. have got to mute, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lucy. You made a really good point, but all we could think about was the fact that Jell's takeaway had now turned up. So <laughs> hey, Johnny, this is
2: which is the most important thing. This is
3: why <laughs> I ate before. <laughs> you
0: know what? Yeah. Don't break. get me started on this. He's, made a, he's told me why it is, and I accept it, and we're going to move on. <laughs> um, John uh, McCormack in the
2: chat room, Lucy. He said, I, I, I agree with Lucy. So there you go. you've, you, you've got supporters already.
1: Supporters. <laughs> so mate, you made a good point, Lucy. I mean, and again, Chris, going forward, it's going to be a big problem for us. I think we all know that. We all think, though, that Punch is best pitchers in the middle. But yeah. if Goodbye going to play there, too, we're going to have a problem. We're just going to have a problem. They both can't play in the middle. So hopefully at some point we figure that out. But there's no way. We all know Punch is much better and more effective in the middle than he is out wide. So let's see what goes, what happens going forward.
0: Yeah, definitely. I would say we gonna we'll be spending all season talking about trying to fit various people in various positions. And, um, you know, it's difficult. It's difficult at the moment. It, you know, it's the nice kind of problem to have, but it's still a problem, you know, nevertheless. Um, when we talked about Ward earlier on, Lee Ward got in touch. No relation, of course, to Joel Ward. Um, thankfully for Joel, uh, <laughs> that, was <mean. laughs> that was mean to me. That was
1: mean. Yeah, we were all
0: like me. <clears throat> excuse me. Yeah, uh, and he was saying, "Don't you feel that um, Ward isn't being able to play his natural game as he's not getting much support and being left exposed?" And <clears throat> excuse me, that that is that's the crux of the problem, isn't it? It's you know, it, it's one way or the other. Either he's not getting the support, or he's. But for me, oh, the reason I bring this up is because I'm really frustrated about how he's become you know, so weak at one-on-one defending. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if it is the fear that he's not being properly supported. But sometimes when he's just left one-on-one, when he supposedly wouldn't need that support, he's too hesitant. You know, it's, it's, it's just not quite what it used to be. It is not for the reason that Lucy just put in the chat.
5: So,
0: into that last week as well. Um, but, yeah, look, let's no, this, this not... I think genuinely think that, that Ward still has the ability to play for his, you know, play for England, play for his country. It's it's there somewhere, but he hasn't kicked on for a while, um, and he's got to do something about that. He's got to he's got to step up because otherwise, it's you know, it's only a matter of time before uh, someone will take his place. You've got Mariappa who had a great um, what was the tournament he played for with Jamaica? I forget now.
1: He played in both the uh, the Gold Cup, which is the one held over in, over here, and he played in the um, Copa America.
0: There you go. So, yeah, and he had a great time playing for them. Um, looked a real danger at right back as well, getting forward. So, um, you know, he's he's obviously chomping at the bit to get... Champing at the bit, not chomping, sorry, to get in. And, um, you know, and obviously you've got Martin Kelly as well, who's who's been picked for England in that position. So, it's a difficult situation. Uh, Lucy, you want to speak? Or not? Yeah, sorry, I, I was on mute.
3: Um, yeah. No, I... <laughs> I was just gonna say that I don't know what it is about Joel Ward, um, but he's definitely not the player he was last season. He's, you know, making mistakes, but I think it was Joel said earlier, you know, he makes he does something great and then he does something really rubbish and or vice versa. But I think with regards to the England call up I think there'll be people ahead of him like Scott Down potentially punching maybe Wilf. Mm. Um and I think it's a shame because the ward we know and love is not the ward that we've seen in the last few weeks which I, I think is a real shame because we know he can be so much better than he's currently being
0: yeah no I agree I think it's something that the management have definitely got to got to work at I really do um, yeah but say it's it's not an easy situation and you know he's playing week in week out and has done for a long long time you know even the the period that he had out left back which you know some people have speculated that that's that's what um kind of stopped him being the right back he is um you know struggling to sort of readjust back to that position so it's it's no it's difficult it's difficult to say exactly what it is but it needs attention um I no, Tim Green's got in touch regarding the point made about punching earlier on about being in the middle or not at all. And he said, obviously, fans do this, but are the management actually guilty of just trying to fit all our, our best players in just because? You know, just because they're our best players, so they have to play. And we've sure. talked a lot about that, like uh, about Marion Schumach being fitted in there somewhere because we just want, you know, we just want him to be on the pitch because of the player he is. And it, that is, there's a bit, a bit of. Um, well, it's an interesting point to raise. You think you think management, you know, certainly Alan Pardhi would be above that, I and mean, he'd pick the right team and the people in the right positions. But you know, who knows? Um, certainly, while he while he's sort of starting on the wing, um, in front of other people who could potentially offer a bit more out there. You'd think um, you think there's a, definitely a point to answer there. Uh, Just earlier on, Stephanie Fuller got in touch saying that she thought Much played well, and she's compared him to Alan Pardew as a player. That, you know, as a player, he divided opinion to say the least, but it's the super alpha of the new generation. What do you think about that, Patrick?
1: You know what? Again, I've mentioned before, I think that some players need to have a moment where they turn. The negative into positive. I think the great thing about Sacco yesterday, he got that goal, first match, first start. He, he's golden for the next, you know, for whatever. But I, I, again, I like much, and I think he does need a moment. So hopefully he'll score and be winner in the semi-final. Mm. Semi. Header, possibly you, header. You're header.
2: You're saying that, though, Patrick. You're only as good as your last game, mate. That's the way it you know, is at the moment. And with the squad that we got, they
1: literally are. You're
2: as good as your last game.
1: You know how many games he's played for us so far, Joe? Much. Go on. He's, he's played 10 matches. Right. That's a very short thing, you know. It's a very short, you know, to get under someone's case. over he's only played 10, 10 matches. So people are killing him. He comes on, he does his best, and you know, I, again, yesterday I thought he played really well, but people don't. They just they, people, some people just don't like the guy. So don't matter what he does, he might go ahead in so the Sweden and still get killed by some exactly. people. Exactly. So. Exactly. And that's, that's how it goes. I never like Joe Murphy personally. You love him, so I mean, I know how it is. <laughs> never like him. <laughs> never like Joe <Jay> Murphy. <laughs>
0: Anyway, if, um Shame on you. We've uh, before before these two have a fight somehow. Um uh I'm just gonna yeah, Never. let's let, we just go back to obviously with the end of the first half, you know, we're getting in a position where we're um we're at nil nil and we haven't played well. Uh we've got those substitutes, we've been talking about uh, much coming on for Murray again along for Wilf. Um so, okay there was there was there was some Rumour wasn't there At the at the pub That Murray and Wilford Had some sort of Physical altercation In the dressing room And that's why The tea went off But um, there was, was clearly At training Sorry Chris Oh was
3: it, it training Apparently it was training And it kind of Filtered onto the The
0: pitch So Yeah they, uh, I mean these things Do happen, happen. But you, you like to think They'd leave, leave it behind A long long time ago But there's Well you know There might well be An issue there then But And um, kind of leads you Onto the question First of all what do we think of Murray's performance? Well, since you know, I'll ask you first, Lucy. How do you think he got on in the in the first half?
3: He didn't do much, really, did he? Um, I I can't really remember him doing anything significant. Oh, yes. has, well, None of them really did anything significant <laughs> in the first half. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's, if you know, if we talk about players going. Based on that. Um, that game alone, or that half alone, if it was a choice between Gail and Murray, Gael would stay every time. I know Gael was um, on the bench for the first half, but Murray was just poor, and I, I just don't think he was worthy of, of a start.
0: Well, this, you know, it leads me on to the point I was going to make. Ian Lyons got in touch earlier on and said, you know, obviously the rumor of a five million pound bid from Bournemouth for Murray's on the table bite their heart, their arms off. What, what do you think about that, Joe? Well,
2: yeah, five mil is would be seen to be good, very good business for, you know, a thirty-one coming up, thirty-two year old. But I mean, it, it's we're still we're still acting like a club. I mean it sounds horrible, but, and it almost conceited, but we stand we stand. We don't have to sound like a club that needs the money anymore. You know, five million quid is what we need to do this year, and you'll you'll see the the complete change in attitude when we stay up this year. It won't be that we can get five million quid for a player. We're getting the best part of two hundred million quid next year. Which we, it doesn't matter. Um, I'd I'd be gutted to see him go, really, because I I like Murray and I I think he's very direct. So I think he's egg and 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 he's he's almost like a. You know, they don't, they're not building those forwards anymore, the ones that are going to <laughs> elbow kick you and moan at the referee. And just, just be, it must be a nightmare to play against. Yeah. Um, but then on, on, the, on the other side of it, I'm a massive, massive fan of Gale. You gonna say? Um, i say going to say. I just, he would be in my side. He, he would be almost, I put the keeper and then I put Gale. Really? Yeah, I That's really would. I really would. I, I, told, I said it before. And I said, The thing is, is a near post, which again is a rare thing. And and, a, and the young kid that scored the Callum, whatever his face is, for Bournemouth yesterday, he did the Wilson. same thing. The first goal, Callum Wilson, yeah. near post, comes to the near post. Gale comes to the near post with his feet and his head. Very rare these days. A, a, you know, forwards are generally big. They wait for the cross and then attack the cross. You know, he attacks the space and expects the cross to be there. He's left-footed, right-footed. he is quick. And the other thing as Will. Did you notice? Did you notice that as soon as he got the ball, he's he's straight away. He just wanted to go forward. He either ran with it or passed the ball forwards in an attacking in an attacking pass.
0: Yeah. Now I'm going to come straight back straight. to um. going to come back to, to Murray and talk to Barney about that in just a second. But on Gail, to ask you about this, Patrick. I thought personally it was the best I've seen him play. Okay, for 45 minutes off the bench, but the best I've seen from him for a long while, and he. He actually managed to hold the ball up pretty well when he needed to as well, showing a lot of strength and showing the intelligence to know when to come in off the left-hand side and when not to, and all that kind of stuff. And you know, he was a big part of why we won the game. Um, but is he a starter? Is he is he is he going to start as Joe wants him to? Is he going to start in that in the way we play? You know, is that overplayed that situation? What do you reckon?
1: That's the thing. Um, I feel. I feel. Badly for Murray. I thought Murray was star for service, uh, much as I thought Wickham was the first half of last week. I think that Murray, Murray had a couple of moments yesterday. With, he linked up a couple of times with with Wilf. He, he, he got down the left hand side, put a ball into Wilf. The Wilf kind of missed kicked, could have scored on. And he made another uh, play later on in the half. I thought when Gail came on, though, it's the best I've seen Gail come on as a second half sub ever. Usually when he comes on, unfortunately, he usually comes on, you know, that stupid wide left or wide right, which he, we all know he's not suited for. But yesterday he came on with a sense of purpose, was really involved. I thought much help link up with him. I thought MacArthur pushed forward and helped him out a lot. I thought Saka linked up on him very well. So um, is he suited for, uh, you know, starting? I'm not really sure. I guess it really depends, Chris, on how we're going to play, like we talked about earlier. But um, like a big fan of Gales. I don't want to see him leave. Um, he's got to have more games like yesterday, though, to prove to me that he's willing to, to kind of, you know, you know, get stuck in for that fourth minute. He's not gonna get service all the time. And when he doesn't, he's gonna to have to work top of the box, hold the ball up, as as Barney has mentioned, and also get those shots off. Like a shot he had that deflected off from Carter that was called off, uh, you know, called off So I like what I saw at him yesterday. I hope he stays.
0: Yeah. Uh Barney going back to Murray, um obviously you know we're talking about five million being <coughs> sort of value that, that you might bite bite someone's arm off for. I have to say the more I think about it, the more if that bid's on the table, I think it would be a good thing for Murray and us. But other than we'd miss his experience and we'd you know, miss him developing other players potentially, you know. I-
1: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18+, plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I've been, I'll be honest, I've been concerned since the back end of last season. Because he had a brilliant spell. You know, he was, he was scoring goals. He was exactly as Jell calls it, ag. He was giving people so much, you know, grief every time he played. And I think he's just been a bit off it in the, in the three games so far when he's, well, <laughs> You know, He was certainly off it in the opening game against Norwich, in my view. And, um, and I didn't think much of him yesterday either. And that's not trying to disrespect the player that he is. I just thought, just think he just seemed a little off the pace. Uh, but, you know, you feel strongly that he's, um, we've got to keep hold of him.
4: I, I do. I, I honestly do. And I think the game lasts 90 minutes. And that game is played in many different sections. And I think, from what I said earlier about Villa, how they came out with the back five, if you've got a player at the top that can hassle defenders, can nudge them, can annoy them, it, it grinds down on people. And I don't think, yes, it wasn't the most exciting game of football in the first half. Murray wasn't the best striker in the Premier League in that first half, but he played a role as part of the team. Now, I could be wrong in thinking that five million is, is a little bit cheap. I don't know what, I, you know, I don't think you're going to get, a you, you know, if we get five million for Murray we're not going to go and buy a player for five million quid who's of equal stature to him. No way. And I think what Murray has proven in the past is he's got an incredible resilience. The guy comes back from injury, from a horrible injury, Walnut bungs him off to Reading. You know, he pretty much gets chucked to the sidelines, comes back and, and sees the second half of the season. Has a fantastic second half, in my view. And I think, you know, this is a guy who knows the club, he loves the club more than anything, and he's definitely got a role to play there. He's definitely got a role to play there. He annoys these sort of really sort of parking the bus teams. He gets at them and he grinds them down and then allows players like Gale to have the freedom of space to do what he does so well. You know, I, I, it annoys me again that why is, Galey, sorry, why is Gale being told, you know, why are we thinking of getting rid of this player? You know, it's uh, who, who are we going to get to replace him for the money that we're, we're supposedly getting? I, well, you know, I think that's the question. You know, a lot of lot of managers say this. You know, we're only gonna bring players in that are gonna make the squad better. Who are we going to get in that's going to make the squad better for the type of money that we're gonna get for Gail or Murray in that sense? I don't know. I
0: don't know. Yeah. know. Gail's a Gail's a different different question and I and I think that's more about him wanting to you know, him putting in a request to leave than, than Okay,
4: right, okay. I well, I I'd heard it from yeah. the other side. It was more like he was sort of perhaps being pushed that, you know, hang on, son, this might not be the club or the yeah. position for you at the moment. So yeah, maybe but, I read that wrong.
0: Yeah, I understand, understand the point you're making. It's still a valid point. Who do you get in to, to replace him? But um, but I think when you look at the situation with Murray, and again, we're being strongly linked with Charlie Austin at the moment. Um, well, that's it. I, I, mean,
4: is, is there, I mean, does everybody think, oh, again, I could be wrong, does everybody think that Charlie Austin is a, is a much better player than... Than than Glenn Murray. No, I think he was put at the top of QPR squad last season and everything was fed to him. You know, the whole the whole squad was played around him. Murray doesn't have that luxury. Of course he's not gonna get as many goals as yeah. as, as Charlie Austin. That's just not gonna happen.
0: Yeah, I understand what you're saying, Bonnie, and I and I'm I'm not a huge fan of Austin's in terms of him costing fifteen million quid. Well no, that's ridicu- ridiculous but, but- something. Having oh, right. said that, he's, he's, a, he's got a lot of years on Glen Murray and I think that's really what we're talking about here. And Bearing in mind the, the time at which Murray took, you know, he's okay he's come back from that knee injury, but I'm sorry that's going to take a toll on a player at that age unfortunately. Uh, Lucy, your view?
3: Yeah, I was just going to say that um, although what I said earlier, I don't want Murray to go, I think Murray could work with Austin if we could get him in. I think together they could work really well and provide quite a
0: a powerful strike force. Yeah, I th- that's, a, that's a good shout. That You know, but, oh, I don't know. It, are we ever going to see two up front again? That's, that's the problem. Um, well, actually, well, let's, let's bring Jell in on this.
2: Just, yeah, we, we have an embarrassment of riches up front. Um, <laughs> much as what uh, 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 um, Pete was saying in the, in the chat room. But we do. The thing is experience. Harold's Campbell. Just very quickly, Harold's Campbell. At 28,
0: 29, something like that, maybe.
2: Right. So, and then, and then Shamak, He's 30 31. But yeah. And Gale 31. is 32. Yeah, but potentially, we, we're going to lose those three players. Potentially, at the end of this season, they are going to be too old. We obviously don't fancy Campbell anymore. He's just not involved at all. So he's I'll hurt. Take, yeah, he's
1: injured. But, but the thing he's
2: injured. is, is he, is he going to be good enough to come back? Yeah, no, I we, agree, when
1: Joe. I totally agree. I'm just saying right now, he's injured, though. Okay. So, if we do bring...
2: If we keep Gale and then we keep and we and we bring uh, Austin in, you know we're we're not any worse off. We just you know we've got players. That, Austin's what twenty? How old is he? 26? Uh, yeah, yeah, 26.
4: Twenty
0: six. Yeah, twenty six. No, he's twenty six. Now come on, he's definitely twenty
2: six. Yeah. So you know it's um I think I think we're just gonna we just need to replace light for light, but just just go down in 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 age. And the other thing as well, if it doesn't work, we're going to get a few quid for him. Um, yeah. but that, that's just my point on it.
0: No, I understand what you're saying. Definitely, uh, Patrick.
1: Well, well the thing—if we have a little bit of a issue for next for the Chelsea match, because apparently, like I said, Wickham's hurt. Obviously, Shemagh's not ready to come back. If Murray—if the Murray issue with with, with Zaha is bigger than just a, a bust up, let's say he doesn't play next week, we, Bamford can't play against his home club. We're going to—we're stuck with who's starting next week. Is it going to be? Is it Gail starting next week? Is it? <laughs> yeah, really? You know. Well, right now he's at Barris Richards, we have one striker maybe for next weekend's match. So we haven't uh, even got uh,
3: on Terry
5: playing
3: for
1: us either. Well exactly we've lost everyone's <laughs> defender. Hey. So I mean it's, it's gonna be a problem. So just think not looking, not looking even long term, just for next Saturday, we've got a big problem already as far as forwards go. So this might be Gail's chance. This might be Gail's chance.
2: We only need one striker because we only play one striker. So if he's the only one and he's he's regularly sub, so it means he's you know he's gonna come on. If he has to play, he has to play. I'd love to see him have a chance at him. You he's know, going to get chance fin- next week for sure. Yeah, to- yeah, yeah definitely.
4: Dale yeah. thrives on the big occasions as well. You know, he's yeah, he he's, does. He really does. And I think when you've got that bundle of, I mean, he, we've said it before on this show. He reminds me of a you know an Ian Wright type of character on the pitch. He always plays with a smile on your face and just loves scoring goals. And I think Gale, well, that's yeah. I think he looks so. like he, so. he wants to cry. He was, he was smiling. With just emotion, like... Chris. just all the passion. oozing through yeah, of him? That's yeah, all it yeah. is. Yeah,
1: remember the Dover smiling. game? Once, my in the Dover game he played. You remember Dover? He wanted to kill someone after he scored those goals. Oh. The Liverpool it was, game? He was Three happy all. in that game. He was happy in that game. That was two years ago. No? So? <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: he was happy once two years ago.
1: There exactly.
3: <laughs> there we go. A bit like Chil. Yeah.
0: <laughs> 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 um, no, going back right. to the, um, the match instance, obviously... Um, we just want to cover a couple of things off. Um, uh, Seko, obviously, um, you know, and Gail were asked to get inside the fullbacks and much play in central, which, you know, as I mentioned earlier on, I thought worked really well because they were exchanging positions and, um, it, you know, it, it it did a job on Villa. They didn't know quite who to make to mark, who to pick up, and the, their fullbacks started to struggle um, a little bit there. And quite early on in that second half, uh, much was on the right and he plays a. A great 1 2 with Gale, and that, that crossed to Sacco at the far post, if you remember that one, where it just about got scraped off the line. And that was a that was a sign of things to come for me because, um, you know, Sacco became the, the sort of the focal point of our attacks in a lot of ways. But we had that controversial moment. We haven't talked about it yet. We're going to talk about it now. Um, you know, it came from punch and shifting the ball to Kabai from the left hand side. Kabai, brilliant ball. Mm, I just burped. Did you hear that? That was good. Um, <coughs> Great ball in to Gale. And um, obviously, you know what you get with Gale. If he gets the ball in the box, he is going to turn and try and get a shot away. Uh, And he did. And it came off the chest of a fractionally offside MacArthur. Now, from the half away, I didn't even celebrate when the ball went in initially because I thought the flag was going to come up. But I didn't see that, you know, the player nearest to MacArthur, if you like, was playing. He was offside by quite a a long distance. But it was the, um, I can't remember who it was, someone centrally was um was much more in line with MacArthur and you can actually think we're quite unfortunate to um you know to actually for that to be given offside in the end. But basically it was offside. Just. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm not celebrating. And then the goal's given, so you have to celebrate. We even did Glad All Over, you know, announced as Dwight Gale scoring and everyone was like, oh great, brilliant. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden the Villa fans are cheering like they've scored a goal and you're just thinking, what's what's going on? Right decision, just Um, But the question is how, you know, was it the fourth official and where was he last week when Cockerland should have got sent off? Uh, We have (laughs) (laughs) players surrounding officials where you're not supposed to have that. Um, And obviously it was a very, very tight decision. So, I mean, I'll get some opinions on this, first of all. I don't think anyone's going to debate the fact that it was just, just the right call. So I'll I'll start with you, Patrick, because they got to the right decision and because we won the game, is it not that big a deal or do you think there's a question to be sort of raised here?
1: Yeah, the question to me is the timing of it. Um, I heard the explanation by, from Pardue. Pardew had no problem with it. He said that the, the system assist, the referee didn't realize that it had deflected off of MacArthur, which is why he didn't call the offside. Once he realized it had, he called it. But the fact that it got all the way through the glad all over Dwight Gale, Dwight Gale, I mean, I don't understand it could take that long for them to come to that decision. So that bothers me. Um, again, it did look like it was slightly offside i could argue he was onside you know man in line what body part etc but again i think the timing so you're right chris was it the fourth official that got in someone's ear and if so where was he and where has he been for the last eight controversies the palace have had so that yeah. he won the game is not is not good enough for me again um you, you can't you, you can't do that that, that can't happen again
0: yeah, i was really interested to hear stuart pierce's comments on goals on sunday about this and he was saying okay. that he's been involved in games plenty of incidents where the fourth officials got involved Um, And he was talking about one where he was manager of Forest and his player, uh, I think it was Chris Cohen, he said, or something like that, actually handballed on the line and sort of tipped the ball over. And he said the referee didn't see it and the lines didn't see it. So no decision was given. Well, it was given as a corner. They thought it'd come off the player, but not off the arm. And then he said the fourth official was sort of like thinking, I might have seen something there. But but the two managers did see it. Um, I can't remember who the other manager was. And, he okay. was, and the two of them were talking on the touchline and the opposition manager said, oh, you got, one, got away with one there, Pierce, you know. <laughs> and Stuart Pierce gone, yeah, yeah, he definitely handballed it. And then the fourth official hearing told, that oh told the God. ref and then they gave a red card and he lost the we, game in the oh, three minutes ridiculous. from time. ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Now, if that can happen, and apparently there is a directive that allows the fourth official to intervene, we are right to raise the query of last week, what happened, you know. And when, when, when is it... When do you apply? with this fourth official knowledge, you know, just the referee choose? We've got no kind of idea about how this is happening, but it doesn't feel just in any way. Barney. I
4: think they make it up as they go along, just to put it out there. I really do. I thought that was just <laughs>
0: shocking yesterday. I could
4: not believe it. I felt as, a, as someone who paid to go and watch that game in my season ticket, I honestly felt absolutely cheated by the. It was just a shambles, a total shambles. You know, for the linesman to keep his flag down the referee you know it's very clear they come out this season at the beginning of the season said players do not surround the officials of the game you had nine villa players shouting screaming at the linesman of course it's going to start questioning me you know what the hell is that about why is that referee actually saying right you lot just go get out get out of it and what is going on there i mean anyway that's that's another day that's another show um but you know And then for, you know, I'm just sort of playing the conversation in my mind is the referee sort of comes over and I I just sort of figure out like, well, yeah, I think he I think he might have touched actually. Well, no, actually, he did. Okay, so I'm actually having to replay this. So the linesman's having to sort of replay it back in his mind to then make a decision. And we're sort of two or three minutes into this. The glad all over music has happened. Fantastic by the club anyway. I I mean, that's a brilliant move by them. (laughs) Good on them to get that going pretty quick. The crowd are going. And I just thought the whole thing was just an absolute embarrassment. And I think also because of the Benteke incident, that had an effect on it. And that sums up to me, the referees at the moment, is they react to situations. They're not thinking about it. They're not actually sort of, you know, they're not making clinical decisions. Ultimately, was it, wasn't it? Yes, of course. If we had, you know, TV for, TV replays straight away back, like they do on, you know, goals on Sunday and matches today, it was very clinical. But, you know, we're adamant, the, you know, the, the Premier League, FA, whatever, and adamant that's not going to happen. So we can't, we, can't, we can't have that influence in the game at the moment. And I just think it's two people. And, and, and it was just appalling, appalling way of handling it. And it. What was, what were the Villa players doing? They should have been told to get lost, and they bullied the, they bullied them into it. I'm sorry, they did. The way they were going at them was just appalling, and it was just a disgrace. Ran um, over everybody. Yeah,
0: well, well done, Bonnie. <laughs> Joe? <laughs>
2: Okay, all right. I've got a to to add to that. Barney just the, when the uh, when the goal went in and everyone was and the referee had run back and the the lineout actually stood still. He didn't go back to the halfway line. The linesman did not do that. So that's that was. I think the then the fourth official got um, involved. But anyway, my my point is we can on, we can go on about um, about whether it was it it obviously was just offside, and as Pardew said, it was the right thing. But the right thing. Wasn't done in the week when Liverpool scored and won one nil and mugged right. Bournemouth because Coutinho was two yards offside. Now we're talking for our goal, a matter of inches, right? Yeah, yeah, the Liverpool much, goal much stays, obvious. and it's yeah. it's two yards. Yeah. So I'm I'm almost I'm almost to the point where if the fourth official now is getting involved, I didn't think the fourth official was was allowed to get involved for that. Because once we start getting the fourth official involved in, yeah, I'm looking at it on my little TV and he touched it, then that took less than two minutes, right? And the grand scheme of things, if we have one big decision every two minutes, it, it, once a game, and it takes two minutes to sort out, to get to get the correct thing, then every time it will it'll be, it'll become quicker. But every time there's a major incident in a game, the fourth official now has to look at it. He's got 17 cameras. He'll get it right, and that's the thing. And then what we do is when we go, oh, we think that was a penalty, and it definitely was a penalty yesterday. We'd have had a penalty. You can't, you can't start taking the game away from the actual referee in the middle. You know, I know you start calling them assistant referees. So there's three of them out there, two of them on the, you know, within this the same half. have got two different angles, and they still can't get it right without the help of the fourth official. It's a little bit, and then. Bournemouth got mugged out of... And again, if someone on the radio said the other day, if Bournemouth go down, I can't say that they will, but if they did go down by one point, that's the point that we're sending them down, where they were well and truly mugged. And I'll tell you what, that fourth official would have shit himself and no way would he have said anything at Anfield in a week. Because they're just too scared. Too scared of the big, supposedly the big, really big teams.
0: Yeah, I suppose I, I, I guess when you know i don't know we just want justice don't we, we just want consistency you just want things to be done the right way and i don't know look you know we we've won the game we you know we won 2-1 and it's very very easy just to go you know think everything's rosy but you know there's, there's something wrong with the game at the moment when, when stuff like that happens in my view but, but we have been on
2: the end of decisions like that for the last two years and it's only now we're in the third year that it seems yeah. to be oh it's not really happening to us oh hang on a minute Norwich come up and then we get we get the decision we get the benefit <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly because <laughs> right. we're, we're a Premier League club now we're not the team that's just come established. up established right exactly. It's, it's exactly it's almost like we're established and it just it, <laughs> it, it, it irks me a little bit yeah. but you know it's it, if that's the way it's going to be i
0: don't really care Nah, nah, <laughs> <laughs> i guess <laughs> I, suppose. I don't know i yeah we'll see we'll see if these things again we always talk about these things even in themselves out we'll see if that happens but anyway listen we got going to a really you know good 2nd half. got into some really good rhythm we didn't allow that situation to affect us in any major way which was nice um so i do think that um i you know i just i just i <laughs> I don't know. I'm still angry about it, but I shouldn't be. Um so yeah, you know, early in the second half we had we had that great that's great situation. Um and then next up you saw Joel Ward actually um get himself forward. Uh, Much was on that side again and they did an he did an overlap, Joel Ward getting forward, nice to see. Much plays him in, cut back to Sacco, and that's the first time I think Sacco should have scored. Um got very, very close, but um yeah, quite sort of central in the penalty area and he kinda of would have liked for him to put that one away, but he didn't. Uh, but again we still didn't stop and it was not too long after that almost immediately we won a corner and um, Punchen put a great floated ball in um, towards the back of the six yard box. Uh, Guzan on that occasion was actually blocked pretty well and stopped him claiming it and then Dan just got up brilliantly, really strong header, um, great great goal. Um, First of all Lucy obviously great header from Dan using his strength there but um, We've now scored apparently the most goals in the Premier League from set plays uh, in, the, in the time that Pardew's been in charge. Sixteen goals, uh, big strength of ours, isn't it?
3: It is, and I think yesterday's was just a prime example. I mean, you know, it just—it was. I knew it was going to go in. You just had that feeling of you could just yeah. see the ball go in, and then Dan came up, and when Dan came up, it reminded me—I can't remember who it was against—but when you know when Jed and that scored that header. And he he lifted himself up, and you know you can see the picture and it's just it was just it was just fantastic. And I think if we can work on those set pieces and um, try harder, much harder, then you know we'll, that will be what we're Is known it, for, and yeah, we're dangerous for our set pieces.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's exactly. It's our, it's our it's our it's a strength, and we you know we're using it well, but. It's it's nicely the creativity as well. You know, you've heard from Pardew that there's quite a lot of work done on by Keith yeah. Millen on those down the training ground. It's, yeah, it's been a huge huge strength. Uh, Patrick, we've also you, somebody...
3: got oh, Sorry, I was just going to say we've also got options now with Kabai. Yeah,
5: know,
3: we, we we haven't just got to rely on one person. We've got you know we've got options, which it's is it. something that we're not used
0: to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I say so Gail occasionally takes him. You've got Punchin. You've got Kabai. Um, I'm not sure who else takes yep. the match. Yes.
3: Jed Matt takes the free
0: kicks. Oh, yeah, yeah, cool shit when he's, on, when he's actually playing, but it's yeah. another discussion altogether. Um, go on then, Patrick.
1: Yeah, I actually thought that Dan fouled um, the defender on that goal, but if I'm being honest. um. Um, they were both grabbing each other, but the, I think the reason why he got up so high cause he, he had he had his either the shirt or he, on his shoulder. He kept him down. He never gave the defender a chance to get off the ground, which is why he got the free header. So I'm honest with you, I wouldn't have been surprised if they caught a foul on that foul on that play. Watch it again, you'll see what I'm talking about.
3: I thought the defender was pulling him up. From the picture, he, it looks like he's grabbed
1: his shirt up. <clears throat> he yeah. d- he doesn't he doesn't jump. though. No. that's the thing. I'm just uh, that's my point. though. No. the defender never jumped, which gave Dan ele- elevation. So again, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying I thought I really thought that he fouled the defender. We got way wrong on Patrick. that one. Sorry, I <laughs> thought this was a Villa 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 podcast. Sorry, I, I'm confused again. Like
0: last week. <laughs> um, anyway,
1: so he finally finally got that goal ahead,
0: and um, yeah, and Suare was obviously cool as we talked about earlier. Triore coming off the bench, all that pace, all that sort of direct play again he's a young lad and I think they've only paid something about 8 million to get him from Barcelona which I suppose as an unproved teenager is is quite a gamble but you know, you look at, you look at the way he played off the bench do doesn't look like a gamble to me it's a terrific signing for them kind of glad we've sort of caught him at the, uh, the early part of his career so he wasn't, wasn't playing off the bench but um, anyway yeah so he got past Punchin as Lucy mentioned earlier on perhaps Punchin's a little bit easily beaten there and Suarez very very unlucky to, to turn that into his own net uh, and McCarthy, I felt, was wrong-footed. But obviously, we mentioned that earlier on. So, not going to go back over that again. And I thought Palace, after that, a little bit rocked. You know, eventually recovered and, and applied a bit of pressure again. But just for a while there, I was concerned that we were going to end up losing the game. Now, uh, you know, Sako did did take a couple of shots on from, from interesting angles. And it's nice to see, isn't it? It's nice to have someone who's going to take a shot, even if, um, you know, just make the keeper make a save. Because we don't really do that enough still, in my view. But um, yeah, and then I think if you go back to, um, to to the winner, we tried that Dan corner routine again and weren't able to block Guzan this time. Uh, when he comes out and claims the ball, but then rolls it to their uh, their young right, uh, young left back, sorry. And Dan's still up there from trying to make that header, makes a lovely little block tackle, and then you know, what I a pass! I, I, don't, I a
1: pass. don't know what to make of that. Seriously, pass. what a pass! <laughs> For <laughs> so a defender, to make that pass is ridiculous. It really is. Do, do
0: you not? Amazing. Okay. I, he he did go to cut it back, but it was one of those where I, I've, I've played passes like that myself where you almost kick it into the ground on your own foot. <laughs> <laughs> it was I just thought it was an, <laughs> no, I'm not no i gonna go at him. He's got a goal and an assist from centre back and he's an absolute colossus at the back there. Quality, quality player. And um huge for us, absolutely huge. And it was a, but it what a finish from Sacco. Absolutely smashed it. Love to see that, don't you, Joe? Joe, yeah, I yeah, yeah, no, no, no. So I was just trying to, um,
2: but, um, well, what a finish! That's the thing. He scored loads of goals last year, but the, you know, one out of six, yeah, yesterday. And like I say, the, the only thing is, I did say before ends, there was a couple of times when he could have just got his got his head up and just crossed. The puncher was standing on the penalty spot unmarked, and Gail was standing. A uh, uh, match was standing, almost just on the edge of the eight, uh, uh, six yard box waiting for a tap in but listen it, the geezer scored the winner it's great that he can have all the tricks have a bit of pace and, and be direct and shoot you know and, and we've got other players now you know with kabai who loves to shoot and it's really good to see so let him just carry on doing what, what do i know
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> fair play. Um, go on then, Patrick, on Sakho
1: Yeah, I, the thing I like about him is He's much different than than Wilf and uh, than Yannick His shot is an absolute cannon It's a left-footed cannon I mean, two of the shots that he hit Guzan I think Guzan has a hole in his chest That's how hard he hit those two shots <laughs> And he's got 13 goals Out of 18 of his goals have come at home So he's a crowd pleaser So I think, honestly, he's going to be a huge addition to us And I heard doing in the post, post-match talking about Sacco and just just the way he's been coming on in training and stuff like that, and I just think that he's just been a different dimension to our team. He's going to really lift the game of both above of Wilf and, and Yannick because again he just different. He's not a he's not a you know get down a wing cross type of winger. He's a get down the wing shoot and take your head off kind of winger and score lots of goals. He's going to be great for us. He really will be.
0: Mm. And I'm Luke, excited. You got, you got a view on Sacco?
5: Yeah,
3: I just I, I thought he was fantastic yesterday. He um, I think we had like 16 shots in total. Um six of them were some Sacco and five of them were on target. Like, that is just ridiculous. And the thing with Sacco is he actually has a go. He actually has a attempt at getting a goal. I mean and, and you know, that's again that's something that we're not quite used to. <laughs> yeah. Uh
0: Bob Barney.
4: I was gonna th- I was gonna throw a bit of a spanner in the works for our midfield uh, well the lovely problem we have in midfield. I the way that he was running, I was kinda of thinking be nice if he moved into the centre and and could pick the ball up and just run
1: with it through the centre. Oh no! Oh, here we go. <laughs> Another guy in the middle.
0: <laughs> enough problems trying
4: to fit. In. I know. I know. I did say it was going to be a problem, but then I'm sort of sat there thinking, yeah, this guy's a bit of a bully boy. He can pick the ball up. He can run, and he can keep players off him. You know, he yeah. can. He, it reminds me of a bit of a. Um, you know, a uh, sort of a Toro player, can pick the ball up and run with real pace and then just, like like uh, like Patrick was saying, just just fling that foot back and just release an absolute cannon. And you know what? Play, you know, that's a, that's a great thing to have in this league is someone who can pick okay. the ball up and just scare the absolute living, uh, you know what, out of the opposition. And um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a breath of fresh air yesterday. I really did with the whole kind of transfer thing and whatnot with other players, I thought... He was a real breath of fresh air. and Oh, fantastic. I'm, I just can't stop talking. I, I'll have to keep going on about it. <laughs> Please don't.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> funny enough. Yeah, um, well,
4: the second point was Chris. No, no, don't. don't <laughs> uh, yeah, very good.
0: And <laughs> <No>, Mark <laughs> Benici's just got in touch on Twitter actually saying, play him centre-forward. And I was funny enough, I was going to make that point as well. I know um, Pardue's obviously looked at balassi as another striker option in the past. And obviously played Wilf up alongside Murray for a while yeah. yesterday. And uh, you did notice, obviously, Sacco was drifting in central quite yeah. a lot it was the focal point of the attack for, for a period in that second half. He has all those attributes to do that. Um, and obviously he was brought in to, to very much make the, you know, put the pressure on, on Bellassi and Wilf to get goals. And I think realistically, when you look at it, when you look at both Wilf and belassi particularly belassi unfortunately that end product, you know, it, it, that's, that's the thing we always talk about as being missed or being inconsistent from them. And we're seeing a player in, in Saku who has got that. And, um, you know he's he's going to be a really difficult to get out of that team. I think he really is, um, and that's a great thing. It's an absolutely great thing. And I think what's a really nice thing is, is we talk about the strength and depth of the squad, but you actually saw it in in action yesterday. You really, you know you saw the flexibility of the squad. A lot of people playing in different positions. You saw us coming back from a you know from going a goal up and then disappointingly conceding an own goal to. To not giving up and, and winning the game in the 87th minute—it was a huge amount of positives yesterday. Um, from from what was you know a, a home win, and we don't get many of those of, of late. And it's you know hopefully this this season that's what we're going to add. We're going to keep up that great away form and just make self you know make more of a fortress. And I'm, you know, it's incredibly exciting, incredibly exciting season ahead for us if we keep going this way. I think.
4: Sorry, um, Chris, quickly. Do you think do you think we would have won that game?
0: And the way it went for us like this time, this last season, um, the way that we were playing. I, I think we we'd you know we'd drawn or, or lost similar games. I think at, at home last season, and we put a lot of blame on the pitch. But um, you know, I think you know a lot of the just. I think a lot of it's the way the opposition played. But I think I think you're right. I think the progression in the team um, shows in, in the fact that we won that match. I really do. Um, it's good. Let's. Let's get into it now. We've obviously talked about Gale, we've talked about Punchen um, and we've talked about Sacco. A little bit more on Scott Dan because we've talked about his offensive performance but, you know, again, absolutely brilliant alongside Delaney. I thought, Barney, you mentioned earlier you thought Delaney struggled for a little bit.
4: Just noticing in I just noticed in the, uh, the Arsenal game and in this one, it's sort of the first 10 minutes I think he just gets a bit of lost footing sometimes. I noticed Dan just has to kind of go to him and give him a bit of a pat on the back and say, come on, let's, let's go for it sort of thing. Um. So, um, yeah, just I, I, no, I, no, no, I, I don't think I, I. think it was just a bit of a stuttery start, and I think he had the same against Arsenal, and I don't think it's a it's a major problem at all.
0: No, listen, I think they're a great partnership. I think the two of them work really, really well together. They're very imposing. Um, I thought, and I, I'm going to ask you about this actually, Lucy, because Rudy Des- Gusted, um was a player we were linked with um, from Blackburn, and he had. You a fair few chances, but he was very dominant in the air as well. What did you think of him? Is he you know, do you think we could you know, maybe should have signed him? No. No, <laughs> All no.
3: Right. very um, strong on that one. I think he I think he gave Damo some grief in the first half. Um but I think Damo got the better room in the end. Uh but no, I, I wasn't that I wasn't there thinking, oh my God, we really missed a trip. We should have signed this guy. I mean, you only had to see his attempt of at an overhead kick. <laughs> I think, was it in the first half he did that? Was, he just yeah. kind of like went for it, and then he just ended up on the floor, and nothing happened. It was like <laughs> I I don't think he is all that. Um, but you know, it. No, I'm I'm not that enamoured with him, and I don't think we needed to. Um, to him in the team, I think you know we're better off without him.
0: Fair play, um, yeah. I, do, I thought it was just an interesting point to talk about. I don't, I, don't I, I agree with you in the sense that I don't think he perhaps offered enough um, that he would have, you know, would, would have been worth signing over. I, I prefer the signing of Wickham personally, but I thought he gave our defence a really hard time, and I could see why the Villa like him.
5: I
3: agree, and you know, he, like I say, he did give Dango and the boys a bit of grief, but I think in the end um, like Barney said you know for the first 10 minutes game wasn't great um, but in, by the end of it they were they had much improved
0: yeah that's a fair point um, Greg's got in touch and said that Jedi or Ledley must start first half yesterday the balance was all wrong Jedi protects the backs, back four which was too open I feel we're trying to accommodate other players uh, first half there was no right midfield and Joe Ward had no protection that does kind of sum up a lot of the things that we've been saying but um, I, is Jedinak the answer? We've asked this almost every week, Patrick. Um, you know, in the performance you've just seen, it is, you know, do you think there's a... Who, who would you drop to accommodate Jedinak? Or would you?
1: Yeah, I, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a room for him. Um got honest with you, with, with, uh, with Yannick away, and I know Saka was great yesterday, I'd probably drop, um, obviously, that player, have punch and go wide and have him play in the middle behind um MacArthur and Kabai. So yeah, I guess he pushed Kabai up Kambai up more up, a little more forward. But I for me he's got to play. Okay. there just seems something missing with the way we play in the middle of the field. I just think that there seems there needs to be a screen and I'm not saying the goal or anything like that was caused by not having it, but I just think the way that we play, move the ball, I just think we just need to have someone like Jedi in there to kinda of smash people up a little bit. We, we don't have that we don't have that anymore. We have guys in the middle that will make that will make tackles and I thought yesterday Kabai and MacArthur were very quiet in the first half, by the way. But I just think we need someone in there. And I think again, when people punch wide, we probably you know, uh Wolf on the other side and then have uh Kabai, MacArthur and Jedi in the middle, and obviously have uh you know, I guess uh Gail Murray up front. Yeah.
0: No, I think that's a good show. Um Okay, look we're gonna we'll take a uh, well this pretty much that uh, takes us up to the end of the game. Um, you know, We've an, we've analysed in a lot of data here, and obviously we've we kind of pointed out quite a lot that was wrong. But you know that's <laughs> kind of the way it goes sometimes. You kind of have a look at a game that you've you're very very happy to win, and you see all the things that you could do better. Um, but, but there you go. Obviously delighted with the three points. Delighted at the fact that Crystal Palace are currently. I think we could drop down to fifth after Man City winning, did we? We dropped out of the Champions League spots. Well, it won't be for long anyway. We'll soon be uh, soon be back in there. But I mean, it's been a good start, and we've got a very very tough time coming up. Um, obviously, Chelsea next weekend is an incredible test for the for the team. Um, you know, you've got Man City coming up as well, and Spurs, and all that. And it's it's a difficult opening period for us. So to get two wins on the board early doors is very very good. And the fact that we're not playing, a, a, you know. Our full capacity if you like fact we've got some way to go is really really good for us because it's nice to have something to aim at somewhere somehow to get better so very very good stuff at the moment and very very positive so um i'm gonna sort of come back in just a moment and talk about the 25 man squad feature obviously 25 man squad something that we do where we're trying to pick the ultimate squad of all time and this time we have been looking at goalkeepers Uh, you couldn't actually hear it there guys but there was a there was a drink there. <laughs> I just realised I had something on mute so we're sitting here in silence there um, but that was good that worked well but so 25 man scored in or bin uh, you've been getting in touch throughout the course of the last couple of weeks um, it's Nigel Martin we'll be talking about today it's a very very obvious one for this I think it's going to be an obvious in um, but it's, it's the position of goalkeeper it's the first goalkeeper we're going to pick plenty of other nominations Spironi Perry Suckling came in there um yeah, like just, just, just a whole host of uh, bizarre goalkeepers, but the majority going for big nine <laughs> player he is.
2: Um, bizarre goalkeepers, you mean the one that used to walk out at the beginning of the game on his
0: hands? Uh Jim Willby we <laughs> John Burridge, John Burridge. Burridge. yeah. yeah. Burridge. Do you know what Barry I don't think Burrage got a mention. That's actually no, he scandalous. Did. He should have done. Oh, um, no, joking, he's a legend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, there was people in there. I mean, uh, Alex Kalinko got a few mentions. Do you remember him? No. Do you not? Yeah, no, punch, no yeah, I don't Yeah, the Trev Trevor Francis punched the face. Did John Jackson get a mention? Um did you know you know I, I don't think so, but we have we had oh, this situation, I'm didn't trying. we? We were talking about the talk about central midfielders and no one, no one mentioned Jeff Thomas I do wonder what's wrong with people sometimes but um, <laughs> anyway uh, we'll go we'll go around we'll have a little chat about our memories of Nigel Martin if indeed um, people do remember I think everyone here will probably remember Nigel Barney may be the most at risk for not remembering him <laughs> i sure
4: well uh, I just all I remember is he was just in a generation of unfortunately fantastic goalkeepers around him I'm just thinking of all the goalkeepers in that generation and it must have been the worst generation to be a goalkeeper because you had Peter Michael, David Seaman, who was the guy at Tim Flowers, Ian Walker. I mean, he, he was lucky he got a scene in England, really. But what a great! I'm just more sort of nostalgic about the wonderful generation of goalkeepers we at that time. Bit yeah. of a side, bit of a side round, I don't know, but, but you don't agree was, that, yeah. that was amazing. But he still yeah. stood out in, in, in with all of those. He was still England's number two, wasn't he? It was always a bit of a toss-up between him and Ian Walker and right. Tim Flowers, but. But what a great generation of goalkeepers. And he still stood out. So he must have been, really, you know, I mean, it, that, that generation of goalkeepers, I think, were better than the ones we've got in the Premier League now. But, yeah, but yeah what, a, what a great goalkeeper. When you, walk in, when
2: you walk into the changing room and you go, all right, my lovers, i would be like, oh, <laughs> my God. Get the Cockney in goal quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Cornwall,
0: it? No, seriously. On 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 that point, it was a, it was a good point. He, he would have played for England a lot more if it wasn't in a, you know, a pretty strong generation of goalkeepers. I have to say. Um, so you had um, obviously he joined from Bristol Rovers for for a million quid, the first million pound goalkeeper, and he arrived with a ridiculous moustache and you know and a, and a you know, point to prove really. Um, but he ended up being in Palace's. All-time best team and Everton's all-time best team and Leeds' all-time best team. He is hugely underthought of as a goalkeeper outside of those three clubs because he was absolutely sensational. And I gotta, gotta tell you, like you know, people listening to this didn't see Nigel play. He you you know, you've got to worship Spironi for for a reason, you know, he's been a great servant for us. Nigel Martin was absolutely unbelievable.
4: Uh, Jill, well, so sorry, because that's what I'm trying to say. he, he didn't he, even though he's got those three accolades with him, he didn't. He, he still wasn't England's number one, was he? I mean, that's that's just how good it was. He played
0: about 20, 20 odd games, maybe maybe
1: 20, 23, actually twenty three. There yeah, you go. Twenty three. Yeah. Well, good, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but the thing is about him though, um, and I, you know, obviously he's part of that great team. But I always think about that. That one comment that someone made, I'm trying to think, I think it was Ron Node said, if he just hadn't kicked the ball out in the FA Cup uh, <laughs> final, we wouldn't have won the game against Man United. And then I know it's such a it's such a harsh thing to say about someone, but I always think about that one comment. If he just did not, if he rolled the ball out to one of the fullbacks, you know, instead of kicking the ball deep, that Man United couldn't have had a counter attack and scored that, that that tying goal. So, but I know what you mean. He was a great goalie. I loved him for Palace. I mean, he came at a time after that 9 0 with Perry Suckling, you know, and, um, you know, we got him into the squad, and he was—he was—he was he was he was a it was a, a colossus for us. He was really—I mean—he was a big, big part of what we did in in the, in the early nineties. He really was. Mm.
0: No, you, most uh, most teams are built off the back of a really good goalkeeper. And again, the yeah. was saying this on Match of the Day, wasn't he? Talking about this after the goal scorer, the second most important player in the team is the keeper. Um, which you know there was a sort of bit of a debate around, but um, you know. So me
2: and, so, so and Fett Sam, see, I'd put a goalkeeper in first, then put the forward. But Sam would put forward, then the goalkeeper. Yeah, that's why he's managing. He's an environment, is he? Small margins, <laughs> sort of. of. Sort of. Yeah, small margins, Patrick. Exactly. Um, <laughs> he was. He was a fantastic shot stopper. Seriously, I know as much as Jules is a legend at our no, club. No, we have no, never had a shot stopper like Nigel yeah, Mine. I he agree. was unbelievable. He's. he's his knowledge of, of where his posts were to narrow angles and to be on you. I'll tell you what he did do as well. He was he was that mad. He would literally, he, he was old school the goalkeeper and he would dive straight in amongst the feet. He really yeah. he really would. He wouldn't care. He was he was fantastic. In the air, he came for everything in the air. And I'll tell you the other thing as well. As a kid growing up and, and, and going to football, and, and I used to be a goalkeeper as well at one stage, he, he he had this. He had a. He was superb at diving. Does that sound weird? He really used to get get up in the air. Now well, he never broke his back. Head week in, week out, just landing from four or five feet. But he was. He was extremely, extremely good. And and as has been said, he came along in an era where you know it was probably five goal, really good goalkeepers. It was a
0: shame, really. Yeah. Wrong time, unfortunately. Can I just apologise to everyone who heard me accidentally click the button that was played the outro that no one else heard? Sorry, everyone. <laughs> this is what happens when the producers are unavailable and they leave me to do things
5: unacceptable.
0: <laughs> anyway, do you know what I mean? I was going to say. All right, I was going to say uh, we'll go to, we'll go out for the vote for in or bin on this one. I'm not going to because I don't think there's even any need. Uh, but let's just go around the, the team. Is he in your ultimate all-time twenty-five, Joe? Yes, in definitely. Yeah, Patrick.
1: In without a doubt, in
0: Barney. Do you
1: need to ask, of course, he is.
0: Yeah, Lucy, you can. You, you didn't actually say anything, I was very no. aware of that. Do you want to say no. something and then, say in not Ben?
3: No, I, I was just gonna say, like, oh, well, he's the first goalkeeper I really remember at Palace, and I was I loved him and Jeff Thomas, they were they were my heroes as, as a small girl. And oh my me- god, I'm so old.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I,
3: reme- I remember meeting him when they released um, Glad All Over for the FA Cup. I remember meeting oh, yeah. Nigel Martin, um, Eddie McGoldrick and Gary O'Reilly in our price in Bromley. Nah. And, um, yeah, so absolutely 100% in these
0: Yeah, Brilliant. I've just noticed parties put up in our little chat window here a picture of Nigel. Uh, <laughs> And displaying, displaying that magnificent moustache. I think it, it probably just about eclipsed Eddie McGoldrick's moustache. I've spoken to Eddie before about his moustache and how much I loved it. Um, but, um, but, but Martin, it was... Do you know, initially when he joined, it was quite a weak moustache. It just got stronger as he got better. <laughs> And it was in an era of amazing moustaches, wasn't it, (laughs) Barney? Anyway, sorry. Can I just just go to the chat Uh, room?
4: David Seaman had a good
2: one as well. yeah. Yeah, Seaman. Sorry. Sorry, uh, So, basically, uh, Lions uh, said, uh, had he played for the one in the top four, he'd have had 75 caps. In King B, in uh, Robert CPSC, in Waggers 66, in Babylon John, in Cool Eagle, in... I don't think there's any doubt at all. You know, even though as much as Jules is the, the all-singing all-dancing hero of the, our modern-day team, that he wouldn't be the keeper that we were put in, unfortunately.
0: Well, ex- exactly. Well, yeah, not as not as number one. And I say there will be people who hear this who will be screaming about John Jackson. And we have that problem again, don't we, where most people who, who saw Jackson play sort of either are on, on social media or on, on this earth anymore. Well, I, <laughs>
1: saw well, I saw him. You saw him. him. Yeah, I swear to God him. I saw oh. him. I saw him. Yep. Go on. Uh, but and, um, well, it was the era where they didn't wear gloves. So, and he never, you know, he was a great he goalie. Is. I mean, he was, yeah, exactly, no gloves. It was a great goalie. He was good in the air, great shot stopper. Distribution was great. He was just, he was a, immense in, in the goal. He really was. He was just a hero. John Jackson was truly a early Palace hero of mine. He really was. Yeah, and Pike's, John Jackson.
2: Um, Pike's just turned around and said, definitely in, Jeremy. And he's the only person that knows me well enough to call me. Jeremy. That. Terrible. <laughs> really terrible. <laughs>
0: so i won't be talking to him anymore no remember when i made that mistake once i had to call you geronimo the following week
2: <laughs> i actually like that That's oh, it it's geronimo.
0: a great name it is so we can do about changing that and think in the future um just a quick I mean, note as well um so obviously nigel martin now makes the 25 man squad and rightly so that'd be that'd be great and we'll be back with a different uh, choice for you next week on that feature there um just a quick mention of the uh, the league, the Fantasy Premier League, if you've entered it this year. Uh, Lucy's lost us off the top for now, but obviously there's points to be added uh, this evening and tomorrow, I believe. But at the time of uh, looking at the league, uh, Mark Crouch has taken his um, place at the top once more. I think he was there at the first week mm. with Alice in Hangerland, as his team name. 144 points. Um, top three um, completing that in second place, Palace in Wonderland. With Joe Acton and Tony Piers propping up the presenters with Murray's Madness in third place. Oh, um, yeah. Oh,
2: good, good Luce, you, you've gone out like a light. Yeah, but I've
3: got players
0: to play tomorrow as
5: well, so.
0: Where Just am I? Don't ask, Joe. Just don't <laughs> ask. Oh, please, I'm not bottom, am I? No, no, Nick's bottom. He's making us all feel a lot better. <laughs> 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 you, were,
5: you
3: were 78 last week.
0: Yeah oh look, blow, low, blow, look at, at the ball blow.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway um, thanks to everyone who's entered that um, I will actually be at the end of the month which will probably be well obviously it is, this is the last round of games for that at I, the will end of the awarding, month. I will be awarding I will be awarding no it's another round of games isn't there whoops oh, I thought it was a week ahead uh, yeah, but anyway exactly. at the end of the month whoever finishes top I'll be awarding a, a spot prize to and it's going to be a Johan Kabai mug uh, kindly what? provided by Patrick O'Connor uh, thanks. Yeah, thanks Patrick. You're
1: welcome. <laughs> Enjoy.
0: All right, so yeah, that'll be a random little prize for whoever's top of that. Um I'll try and make sure during the course of the week we just, um we tweet out the code if you want to join in our league as well um, because I just can't be bothered to do it now, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to end the show there. It's been a bit of a um, tricky one for me because I've been trying to produce and present at the same time. But very much uh, grateful to my, my wonderful co-presenting team. Thank you to Barney, to Jill, to Patrick and to Lucy. Uh, I'm going to thank myself as well for Just About Coping. Well done, Chris. You've, well done, Chris. Uh, uh, well, yeah, done, well done, Screech. Um, now, I'm going to um, try... Go on, can you... Um...
2: Chris, we have one more little thing to, to say, didn't oh, we? Oh, of course, yeah, yeah, go on, mate, yeah. Um, um, yeah. Let, me just, let me just find it. It's... Um... For those people that, that obviously everyone really knows about that that plane crash yesterday, but there were two Worthing United players that died yesterday. But they also um, took part in the annual REMF, which is the Robert Eaton Memorial Fun Game that's played between Palace and Brighton um, fans uh, for a charity. But both of those guys, they actually played in that game. Um, so just it, it makes it sort of more personal to, to a to a, a lot more people really, especially those that, that really support this charity. So really, this is just a you know a, a shout out to uh, to those guys amongst amongst the, the you know the seven of them that died the yesterday.
0: Yeah, uh, so I think that, and the sad thing is I think the numbers have gone up to eleven now as well with the uh, with the reported deaths. But very very obviously a very somber note to end the show on. But you know football takes a, a backseat in terms of rivalries at this time and. Thoughts and um, and feelings go out to all the friends and family of those involved. Terrible, terrible stuff. Um, So, yeah, thank you very much again for for listening. And, and, you know, we'll be back normal time with an actual producer next week. um, So that's Sunday, 7 p.m. to the, the the victory against Chelsea. Until then, bye.